0: Hello and welcome to Are We Nearly There Yet? I'm Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure.
1: Well actually, um, but the guy I am, was assigned to sit opposite, he joined BNFL the day I was born, (laughs) and I just kind of went, oh my gosh, my entire life you've spent in this office.
0: Today I'm talking to Liv Thompson, who is the Head of Skills and Development at the National Nuclear Laboratory, where she's responsible for delivering the people skills and capability strategy to ensure that the business is able to respond to future challenges. Liv lives in Cheshire with her partner, Justin, and two young children, William and James. Welcome, Liv.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: That's a pleasure. So, Liv, you were born and you grew up in West Cumbria, mm-hmm. and you went to St Benedict's School. What did you do after leaving school?
1: So, I was really lucky, actually. Um, while I was at school, I did a work experience placement um, with a local chemical company and um really enjoyed the experience the week long experience um so immediately after kind of finishing my a levels i uh, I pestered them to uh, to let me join them for the summer um as as kind of an apprentice really in the um in the labs that they were operating um and and I was really 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 lucky um they they welcomed me with kind of open arms. Um and so I spent the summer um working in the labs, working out on plants, taking environmental samples from um the local environment. Um I got involved in lots of activities really, so it gave a, a really good flavour of um of kind of what it was like to work in the industry. Um and it it it, it was um it was one of those I guess crossroad moments where Actually, come the end of summer, I wasn't really convinced that I wanted to go to university okay. um, at all. Um, I, uh, I got a taste of having a salary <laughs> and, uh, and being quite well paid compared to my peers that were kind of doing um, kind of work in retail or a hospitality industry. Um, and, um, and I really had a lot of support from the, my work colleagues. Um, but the company was going through a big transformation programme. It was being acquired by um, a, another um, organisation, um, and um, and the managing director actually um, reached out to me one day, and uh, and and gave me a gentle push, kick to get to university, um, but on the promise that they would sponsor me, and um, and he he dangled a bit of a, a, a carrot, I guess, in that. Um, he would allow me to come back during the Christmas, Easter, summer holidays if I wanted, uh, and carry on um with the work I had been doing, um and so um and so there I went went off to Bristol, did environmental chemistry, and spent most of the holidays coming back and working back for. Uh, so what what night. was in
0: your mind about um, you weren't sure about university, was mm-hmm. it because you. in were you enjoying the sort of hands-on work so much, and the salary, or what? What was in your mind at that point, that sort of decision that you had to make?
1: So, so it was a really difficult decision. It was, um, I really, I really wanted to get a taste of what life was like outside of West Cumbria. Um, so, I, I had kind of a, a bit of a pull to go and live in a city, and kind of experience the culture and diversity that comes from from that kind of lifestyle. Um, but there there was something kind of pulling me to stay. I think, um, and uh, I guess I've always had this kind of being in a rush to um to do to do something further, you know, or to to push to the next step, and I and uh, I think straight from school working in in kind of felt what what it felt like a bit more of a proper job, you know. I had I had deliverables and I had accountability and, um, you know I was I was given quite a lot of responsibility given how, <laughs> how unqualified I was, <laughs> and inexperienced I was, um, you know, and um, and and that kind of it felt really good actually, um, and it was a great experience, um, and uh, and one that was yeah made it quite a difficult choice really.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And, and when you, you got to university uh, and you were there with all the, the other students who I, I, I don't suppose had worked in chemical labs like, like you have, no. had, um, h- how did that feel? What did you sort of learn about yourself as you went through that course at Bristol?
1: So I was I was really fortunate in that um, the kind of group of friends that I, I I met on the kind of first day at university I kind of stuck with um throughout, um but they had really different upbringings to me, so um most of them knew Cumbria from as as the Lake District, um they didn't really understand there was a, there was a West Coast I guess, um and most have been to private school had private education which I hadn't had. Um, and therefore most of them, I think, had spent the summer playing lacrosse or um, a, a, a going to a southern he- hemisphere ski chalet, um, you know. So so my experience was very different. Um, <laughs> so I used that to my advantage, obviously, um, and excelled at lab work <laughs> at university because I knew one end of a pipette from another, which I guess a lot of the, the others hadn't. Um, but I also, I, I guess... Um, I was quite introverted. Um and I was quite shy. Um and I I guess I felt I guess I felt a bit overwhelmed being in a big city, you know. Um it, I'd, I've I've always done a lot of traveling and I've always kind of um, been really interested in traveling. So I'm very fortunate to take a lot of kind of foreign holidays. Um but I'd not really experienced what life was like and um, if that makes sense in kind of a bustling environment so it's a
0: big culture shock isn't it yeah
1: it was huge yeah. it was huge yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's both the place and the people as well
1: really yeah, yeah. and you know just that kind of expectation that um, you're on your own really isn't yes. you know Um. so so I, I guess I took it in my stride but a little bit with with a bit of confidence that I kind of um was a little bit ahead of my classmates from the experience I got um but I I and I kind of embraced as many um extracurricular activities as I could I was really into sport um and did and took advantage of having these amazing sports facilities on the doorstep
0: it wasn't lacrosse was it no (laughs)
1: No, no, it's uh, it's most definitely just kind of cycling, running, uh, those kinds of things. I did my first triathlon, and um, so really enjoyed that. Um, and I guess just bumbled through, um, and I, I bumbled through absolutely not knowing what I wanted to do afterwards at all. Um, so uh, yeah, got to graduation day, and I went, oh my gosh, what am I going to do next? And uh, my parents have stood next to me, going, "Yeah, what are you gonna do next? So you've got a lot of debt, and um, you've got a job back in West Cumbria if you want it." Um, and and I didn't. I really didn't. Oh
0: really? So you you that that university experience had kind of changed you so much that mm, yeah. what you thought was what you always wanted. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. So Is that why you thought, well, I'll do
1: another, I'll yeah, do master's? I just, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, was, um, I just thought, yeah, I've had too much fun. Um, but I was, I, I kind of had my fill of um, being in Bristol. Bristol didn't offer master's degrees at the time. And I wasn't sure I wanted to dive full into a PhD. Um, and so, yeah, I decided to go to Lancaster and do a, do a master's degree put off getting a real job for a bit longer
0: <laughs> and how did you find lancaster compared with bristol because it's smaller isn't it yes mm-hmm. it's different it's campus university yeah sort of center university i am
1: um, i enjoys it i i got again i guess it's for me it's just the people you're around and again i met a really good bunch of people very early on in the first few days and um and again i kind of just made the most of where it is and what it and, and what it offered. Um, the course was was great, enjoyed um the, the enjoyed the course. And um uh, they, they had a really strong emphasis actually on integrating back into um industry. Um, so again I found myself doing quite a lot of work real life work experience. I worked for a company um an, an electroplating company in, in Manchester. For part of it, um, and helps put um, develop some kind of major action, accident prevention plans in place for them, which was, was a great experience, um, and um, and that's when um, I heard about sponsorship Ian, in the nucleus sector. So um, I then did um, my my kind of master's dissertation um, based on um, some of the kind of environmental problems at Sellafield site.
0: Right, so that's where the connection with uh, well, BNFL or Nexia Solutions yeah. came yeah. in. Then yeah. Yeah. it was something they were interested in, and so mm-hmm. they were sort of yeah, it was a sort of industrial project. In that it, sense. Was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was yeah,
1: absolutely. It was quite embarrassing actually because although I grew up in West Cumbria, I didn't actually know what Sellafield did. I didn't oh, got really, clue. I hadn't got clue. Yeah, it was really quite embarrassing. So, um, so every day going to school, you know, growing up, I'd I'd seen the kind of wind scale piles. Um, I'd seen Thorpe being you know this huge construction of Thorpe right through the kind of early 90s and everyone else's parents seemed to work at Selafield but but mine didn't um and so yeah I, I I it was kind of how do you find out about what this this huge place does that's on your doorstep that you should really know about um and so yeah I um, I dealt in into that project so the, yeah with my eyes closed but wide open by the end of it
0: absolutely because that that was your sort of first step into mm-hmm. well not first step into a job because you'd already done one but mm-hmm. maybe your second step into um, uh, full-time employment and um, how did you feel on that first day in the job <laughs>
1: um, scared I guess nervous excited you know lots lots of emotions um, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was there was a lot of I guess expectations on me. Um, I felt quite under under the spotlight. Um, a little bit, in that um, I I didn't come in on a graduate program. I came direct direct into a role to do. So I didn't have that kind of support that comes from having either a cohort of others. And I I joined the industry at a time where there hadn't been much recruitment for a long time, so in the office environment there there wasn't many people in my age kind of bracket, and when you're in your early twenties and you're kind of a female in a in a um you know office environment that's um very different even somebody five ten years older it, you know it feels like a much a, a huge knowledge gap and a huge experience gap. it's a so. big gap isn't it yeah yes yeah. yeah.
0: when i started at uk aea it was just two of us had been recruited and we were the first ones to have come in for probably five or ten years you know and yeah. i remember my first lunch time in the canteen at risley and we were sat with you know people from you know the office and we were saying how long have you worked here and it was like 20 years 30 mm. years 25 years and I thought oh my goodness that's the whole of my life mapped out before yeah. me <laughs>
1: well actually and um, oh gosh he will kill yeah. me for for telling you this and um, but the guy I am um, I, I was assigned to sit opposite and yeah. um, he joined BNFL for predecessor right. the day I was born I really- <laughs> and, yeah, and I just kind of went Oh my gosh! Your, you know, my entire life you've spent in this office environment, and that to me, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I just couldn't comprehend that really at all. Having such a a long career, um,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely. I guess. <laughs> I, um, I found it quite worrying actually because I thought this is it, this is it now for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, for yeah. you, it was seven years. <laughs> yes. as, a, as a research scientist, yes. um. And, uh, and then you became a business manager mm-hmm. and I was really interested in that switch because, you know, I remember in my career, probably about after five years or, or seven, similar to you, there was always this question about, are you going to, you know, move into management and have a career in management or are you going to stay technical? Was it yeah. that sort of similar thing for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was to some extent. Um, I, um, so I, I really enjoyed, um, doing the kind of research science projects. Um, and I had a habit of kind of volunteering um, in, in inverted kind of a brackets. It's of your life, this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of the kind of the unglamorous projects. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'd done quite a few of those. Um, you know, I'd done quite a lot, a lot of work out on site, on various different sites um, and I'd done a lot of um, so I crammed a lot of projects actually into what was effectively quite a short space of time, seven years really um, and I kind of just realised that actually um, the bit I really liked was, was working with people Yes. and so I really kind of relished the opportunity to then just give you know, managing people a go um, and, um, and, uh, and I just you know, I, it was kind of one of those moments and I was like, well, I can always go back to technical if I don't really want to, you know, going to management. It was kind of a, a test in the waters, I guess, for me.
0: Right. Yeah. So did you get some training and sort of personal development to make that transition? Or?
1: I did. Um. I guess, I, I, I mean, I got a little bit of formal training, but I guess the bit I um I learned the most from if I'm completely honest was that I had a really good line manager at the time and he sort of put an arm around me you know and um and and give me a bit of mentoring support bit of coaching yes. you know it picked he picked pick me up when when my confidence was quite low and, and mm-hmm. made me feel that actually I could give this a go yeah. um and and that was probably more valuable than the kind of formal training in. Yeah. Management, if that
0: makes sense. I, no, it, absolutely. I always think with a course, you'd probably come away with one or two things that you actually use. Um, but somebody with you, just providing you with that ongoing support and guidance, is uh, is fantastic. So during this time, were, were there any challenges you faced, uh, particularly, that, and, and how did you overcome them?
1: So yeah, there is inevitably quite lots of challenges. Um, so so I had a new team be acquainted with um and um and they were based across four of our sites so um so obviously there was the element of kind of you know going through the motions of um making the team feel connected and building trust tackling issues that have perhaps been left um you know um un- un- untouched for quite quite some time um, and i also kind of had the other challenge going on simultaneously which was one that um i felt quite passionately about and um, and that was supporting kind of the wider equality and diversity initiatives and um, so it's kind of at this time that um i felt i felt like we needed to actually do something you know Um so at the same time as as kind of taking on this kind of team management role i felt that um wider than NNL we needed to kind of do something to support um predominantly the girls that were coming into the industry um, and I, I just had this sense of like you know the first time I went over the barrier in you know wearing full protective equipment you know I swung my legs over the barrier and I was shaking so you know you know I was, I was absolutely petrified and and there just wasn't that many people that you know did it frequently that I could ask there was nobody in the change rooms but you know and um, and I was kind of like i didn't know if I was doing it right or wrong um, and I just really had this strong feeling that i didn't want anybody specifically in the team that I had some influence over, or just anybody really to feel um, you know that there wasn't somebody that they could talk to or ask for advice from, um even if it was as you know as um, insignificant as where do you get your shoes from and are there any in a size smaller than eight you know available and um, so so then a few of us came together and that's uh that's how women in nuclear started right right so
0: it sounds like that you know one of the things i mean you said it all the way through that you're sort of you know um sort of people person really but it sounds like that sort of side of your character which was always there was sort of coming to the fore more and you were noticing things and noticing opportunities where you could actually make that sort of wider difference to other people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was, it was, I guess it was a light bulb that didn't come on in a ping. It was kind (laughs) of like one of those.
0: Was it on a dimmer switch?
1: Yeah, it was, it was very much on the dimmer switch. And I kind of went, yeah, I do actually prefer like working with people, developing people than, playing with chemicals in the lab or, you know, doing site investigations out on site. Um, I love doing those kind of things, but, um, yeah, I got a, quite a lot of satisfaction actually over the people side of things and developing those initiatives and working kind of wider across the, um, across the business and across the sector. Um, but I felt um, I, I felt quite underprepared for it, I guess, um, and, um, you know, um, uh, we'd, we'd set up Women in Nuclear um, in, a, in a very nice management suite of the offices of one of the big five consultancy companies in in London and um, and travelled down there frequently. Um, and I, I kind of just, I didn't really feel that I belonged in, in that group either, if I was honest. I felt that, um, you know, that I guess I was, I was probably the only one in the room at that time that had had much experience of actually working on a nuclear license size. Mostly the um, people in, in the group had, um, had kind of touched upon the nuclear industry from being a management consultant or they were in HR or they were in a kind of strategy role. Um, and so again, I, I guess I, I felt a bit of a a bit of an outsider really that I
0: had yeah. quite a different experience it's, yeah it's a, it's a strange feeling that isn't it because you mm-hmm. feel like you're you're underqualified, you're under experienced but what you don't realize is how other people see you yeah because they will see different things you're bringing and different yeah. that, that they wouldn't see yeah um but I know, I know exactly how you, how you feel in that sense. I remember starting work with, you know, really senior technical people and feeling exactly the same. <laughs> I know nothing, you know, what on earth am I doing? This sort of thing. Um, yeah. so, so did that sort of then motivate your, your move into more the kind of skills agenda and, and then, you know, you came, we, we worked together for a bit and then you've yes. moved into um, the sort of HR side of N&L, leading on the, you know, the skills um, yeah. sort of stuff. And how have you, have you found that sort of transition because it's you've moved from a very technical part of the business into the sort of SSI part of the business mm-hmm. and now in the HR part of the business
1: yeah absolutely it's um it's and it's a huge it's a huge difference actually mm. uh, and one that I'm absolutely um and never, never thought you know asked me 10 years ago would I ever have thought I'd be working in HR and no, <laughs> you know, absolutely not. Um, and I absolutely love it, it's brilliant. You know, I get to work with amazing people, as I have done throughout my entire career, if I'm, you know, completely honest. Um, but the bit that's like really, really perfect for me is that I get to see kind of people grow and develop right from the start of their careers. Um, and that I can help influence that. Um, and that that's a huge, um, a huge privilege. Um, and I really enjoy kind of watching the dynamics, the behaviors of the younger people um, how they kind of find themselves in the workplace um, how they make some of the mistakes that I've made and, uh, and how some of them manage to, you know, navigate around those kind of pitfalls absolutely expertly. And, and you know, it's, um, it, it, it is it's a huge, huge privilege. Um, and, you know, I'm really grateful for the kind of opportunities that, that that's given me to uh, to experience.
0: I mean, you have sort, of, sort of demonstrated in your career so far that you, you can never be completely sort of put in a box, you know, no. because yeah. you've got the, op- the, the from those series of steps and playing to the things that kind of really yeah. gave you energy and motivated you. Your career sort of naturally gravitated yeah. towards this, you know, this place where you are now.
1: It has and, and actually that, that's really funny you picked up on that because um so I've recently come back off maternity leave as as you know and um and again I think that's another area where some people put you in kind of a, a box, you know. Um and so I guess it comes as no surprise to you or, or perhaps other people that know me, but I just wasn't that kind of um, coffee morning kind of play date mum. So I tried my best to fit into kind of, um, you know, the activities that come um, when when you are on maternity leave. And um, and, I, and I really love those kind of interactions and, um, and things, but I also kind of realised that I, it was a great opportunity for me to now develop my career a bit further and, um, you know, to start being a little bit more selfish for me and to kind of push back um, on the, you know, things that um, I couldn't add value to, but was just kind of doing because I felt obligated to. Um mm-hmm. And so it kind of made me really focus, actually. Um, so so I, I decided to do my diploma in HR management while I was on mat leave. Um, and uh, that kind of balanced out some of the uh, endless episodes of Pepper Pig and other very annoying cartoons <laughs> that were on in the background. Um, and uh, it just made me feel a little bit better prepared to come back into the world of work, really. Um and and set me off in in what's perhaps now quite a different career direction than I ever thought I'd be in.
0: So when you you look back um, from your sort of perspective now at the decisions you made, you know, from school and then working experience, Mm -hmm. university and so on, do you think you'd choose to do anything differently? Would you make any different decisions on that path, you think?
1: (laughs) If I'm completely honest, I'm not sure I really would to be um I've always kind of been um kind of a goal setting kind of person um and I've always kind of pushed myself and challenged myself a little bit so I think I might be if I could you know if I could do it again I might be a bit kinder on myself and not push myself quite as hard um or not being in such a rush really to um you know, to progress all the time and and things. Um, I pack a lot into whatever time I've got available, um and uh, and sometimes I think you know it, it's okay to sit back, take stock, and and uh, and you know relax a little bit. Um, but but that's not my personality, I don't think. So I'm not sure I'd be able to ever achieve it, even if I wanted to. So,
0: so is, if if you had the younger live sat in front of you you know just at school not sure about university and you know wanting to get some work experience and that Mm -hmm. um would that would that be your advice to the younger live to not rush or try and cram so much you know would you give something what would be your best advice to your youngest
1: yeah i i think um yeah absolutely not being in a rush to um you know to to push I think from what I can see anyway, from my perspective, lots of people that make it to the top of their careers, they've made it by working their way up through the ranks and, and, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. And I think that's really, really important. It gives a lot of credibility and, um, you know, it helps you really understand understand people. and uh, so, yeah, I think if that was my, if I was talking to my younger self, that's that's exactly what I'd do. Um, so, yeah, I think building those relationships um, with your colleagues, no matter kind of, um, you know, their age, their diversity, their their kind of outlooks on life, they, it kind of all helps, doesn't it, to um, to uh, kind of enrich you, and um, and uh, it helps kind of support where where you want to get to in the end as well. So. That's probably the advice that I would give to myself. Do everything with a smile and it get you somewhere.
0: It's good to enjoy the journey and enjoy the scenery on the journey, as somebody said, and not rush past it. True.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah
0: oh that's great Liv. look thanks so much for for talking to us and being so open about all the little twists and turns and yep. of course there's a lot more twists and turns to come uh, which is exciting too isn't it you know absolutely so yeah we'll have to keep reminding you to enjoy the journey and not to rush for this. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely definitely
0: no, thank you very much no thanks
1: Liv. all right bye bye <laughs> take care bye bye